0: Hallelujah. Okay, so I I began last week sharing about the great I am, and I want to continue sharing about the great I am. This is my little buddy over here. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) My question I want to ask you is how big is your God? How big is your God? Is he like a little house cat? Or is he the Lion of Judah? How big is your God? Because for some of us, I believe it's like um, the greatness of our God has been reduced to a little teddy bear, a little thingy, a little cat, you know? and it's, it's often just lies. It's just lies we believe. Sometimes it's even wrong church traditions that have uh, impacted us. And we have this legacy that has come with us, and, and then it forms the way we think and live. So sometimes when our God is small in our eyes, it's like um, on Sundays you take out your little, Hey, God, huh? oh, you're so cute. Oh, come on. Yeah. I'm at church, stroking my little. Oh, cute man! Yes, woohoo! Ah, oh, wonderful! It was great to see you. Okay, back into your to your box. Okay, let's go on with real life now. You know, for some of us, that's how our faith is. It's like a, a little bit on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening, or a little bit a little quiet time of year or there. You know, if you walk into a room with this boykey. Probably won't have a much bigger effect, you know. It's like, oh, cute, and moving on. But imagine for a moment you have a lion next to you the whole time, everywhere you go. So you go into the office, you go through the front door, there's someone sitting at the desk, at the computer, and so you walk in and there's a lion walking next to you. What do you think the response would be? They probably dive behind the desk, and what's going on here? It's a lion, you know. With a little doll, you know, you 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 can tell the doll what to do, or, or, or you know what what how things going to be. But when there's a lion in the room, the lion will dictate. You can't just ignore the lion. The lion has presence. The lion changes and impacts circumstances. The lion of Judah, Jesus Christ, is powerful. He's powerful. You see, but when you and I are intimidated by our circumstances and our challenges, then your God is too small. Then your God is a little doll. If we find ourselves anxious and fearful, then probably your God has been reduced to a, to a little doll. He's not the lion of Judah. So God Almighty wants to break out. He wants to break out of the little box <laughs> that's in our own mindsets. And he wants to roar. He wants to impact circumstances. He wants to change environments. He wants to save and heal and deliver. Because he is the great I am. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I like preaching with doll. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's the same in Brazil as he is in South Africa. He's not going to be powerful one day. And it's not like he is the great I was 2,000 years ago. Although some do believe that. They say, well, God was powerful in the book of Acts. But, you know, the power of the Spirit died out around the time the apostles died out. Okay, so God died. Is that what you're saying? Rubbish. He's alive and powerful and he's at work. And he wants to break out in our lives. But then there needs to be this heart shift, this mind shift in us. We need to see as God sees and the key is faith. We need to trust God for real faith. There's a scripture that says the righteous are as bold as a lion. The Lord is looking for a boldness amongst us. I know who my God is. I know who he is and he is with me. I know who he is and he's with you. If you've committed your life to Jesus, then in the spirit realm, there's a lion walking with you the whole time. And that lion, the lion of Judah, he saves to the uttermost. He heals physical diseases, and he delivers. If there's evil in the environment, when the line of Judah approaches, the evil will flee. Turn on the light, darkness must go. This is who our God is. But to, to experience God as the line of Judah, we need faith. And there's this, this is where the battle is. Wrong mindsets, lies that we believe about who we are in God, lies around who we believe he is. We need to break out of those things. So I want to share a few um, stories from, from Brazil. For those who do not know, we, we went to uh, Brazil recently and uh, to a church of 6,000 people. And um, it was amazing. We had close to 400 people physically healed. 150 people came to Christ. We saw many people delivered of demonic spirits. It was phenomenal. You see, but... The lion is the king of the jungle, as you've heard. Jesus is the king of the universe. He's alive, the tomb is empty, and he's still working. He's still working. So, before I share some of the stories, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 to 7, it says, So we are always confident. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So it says there, so we are like once a year really confident. Once a year. When I feel like it, you know? No. So we are always confident. Say always. Always confident. For it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. How can you be always confident? Because your confidence is not dependent on your circumstances. It doesn't matter what storm is coming at you. It doesn't matter what the economy is doing. It doesn't matter what people are doing because your God is seated on the throne. He's reigning from heaven. He's just looking for someone to to believe. Someone to believe who he is and someone to declare who he is. My God heals. That's who he is. He's the great I am. He's whatever you need him to be. That is who he is. And so, I think it was the Tuesday night in in Brazil, just before I went onto the stage, I felt God whisper this to my heart, saying, make my bride beautiful for me. And there was a night we were preaching on marriage. Make my bride beautiful for me. And so, Sonic and I shared about marriage and God's heart to bring unity, to have a, a husband and wife to be one before God. And so we had an altar call at the end. or maybe I'll yeah, so the first first photo is just where the people were responding. So they were just there's a bunch of pastors there in the front as well. Just people that just coming forward and it was so you could you could sense in in the air God is restoring marriages. You could feel it. There was an anointing, even as there was an anointing the previous nights for healing physical healing and whatever else. There was an anointing for marriages to be restored. The couples were holding one another. They were crying. They were praying. It was wonderful. Beautiful. So special. You see, he is the great I am. He is a God of relationship. And then there was this one lady, and I posted on my Facebook page. She I think Mark prayed for her, in the translator, and she shared with him because I was sharing about spiritual warfare. I said sometimes a husband and a wife needs to do spiritual warfare to get the devil out of the house, meaning having sexual intimacy. So we redefine spiritual warfare. We had a whole lot of jokes after that with all the pastors. Sonica also shared the night that, you know, that the ladies need to treat their husbands as the king in the house. <laughs> Amen. Cry of desperation there, I hear. <laughs> Just kidding. Now, the senior pastor of this church that we were at in Brazil, he's a funny guy. So the next day, we were having a team meeting. and he's heard that the wife... Must treat the man as the king. And he's now heard about spiritual warfare as well. So we are sitting in the living room area, of the team giving feedback, and so the pastor's walking up the stairs to their bedroom area. His wife was walking behind him, and he went like this Come, woman. <laughs> then he said, It's time for spiritual warfare. <laughs> We were having a good time. It was good fun. But anyways, I was sharing about uh, the, the power of unity in the marriage. And so and then afterwards, we're praying for sick people to be healed. And so this one lady came, and she shared that she has a cyst on her private part. And so she can't have physical intimacy with her husband. for It seems for years, if I understand that correctly, because it's too painful. And so Mark and the translator prayed for the lady And uh, then she went away, went to the bathroom. She went to check, and then she came back, and she was healed. The cyst was gone. And this is the photo of her just weeping. She fell into the translator's arms, just weeping and weeping. Uh, Let's give Jesus a hand. That's powerful. That was such a beautiful moment. And so we posted on the Facebook page, and we posted the, the photo and everything, and then she commented like a week later, Jesus healed me. (laughs) <laughs> That's wonderful. So, so our God, he's, he's the great I am. You can't put him in a box. You can't say he's a little, little something. He is amazing. He is powerful. And if you and I would believe, we would see the kingdom come on earth. And this is our mission to create an environment in this community, in this church where the real faith is at work. And so the last night, the Wednesday night, we were at a different church and we we're ministering there. And our mission was to equip the people. I was telling them, guys, if you think we are more special than you, then you're missing it. And if you think you need people from overseas to come so you can have a miracle, then you're missing everything. You're deceived. Your miracle is within your brother or sister sitting next to you. Because Jesus is in them. Their prayers are powerful. If you would just believe. And so we were sharing this, and then we said, okay, guys, now you're going to pray for one another. So in the congregation, they were all praying now for one another. Everybody was sick, raised their hands. They prayed for one another. We commanded healing in Jesus' name. And then we asked, okay, who's better? Who's healed? And the hands started to go up. Then this one lady came forward. One of the guys prayed for her, and she came forward. And she's had, for 10 years, she could hardly see anything. She had, like, very, very thick glasses. Even with thick, thick glasses, everything was still a blur She could almost see nothing. And so she came forward and she said, well, she's a little bit better. Her eyesight's a little bit better. After this guy, one of the members of the church, prayed for her. And I was like, ah, no, that's not a good testimony. That's not good enough. So I put my hand on her head and I commanded her to be healed in Jesus' name. The power of God hit her. Within a few seconds, she went down to the floor. You see, sometimes when, when, when the fullness of God comes, he overwhelms you. He overwhelms your senses so you... Go down. Not all the time, but happens a lot these days. (laughs) And so she goes down to the ground, and I'm standing over and say, Be healed in Jesus' name. Then she opens her eyes, and she sees me perfectly. Gets up, celebrates, and the translator was like joking with this. "So when you saw the pastor, was he handsome, not handsome? (laughs) Not going to tell you the answer. (laughs) But isn't that wonderful? Like... Partly healed, put your hand on her, command healing the presence. Oh, I knew you just need a touch from Jesus and you're going to be healed. You see, when the presence of God touches us, whatever is not of God must go. Whatever it is, whether physical problems, spiritual problems, whatever it is, it must go. Whether fear, anxiety, doubts, unbelief, whatever it is, it must go. And so Jesus touched her and she shared the story and that's the next slide. When she realized she could see, she was also just weeping. You know, why does Jesus heal? Because he loves people. That's it. He loves people. Anybody that's ever battled with a physical disease, physical problem, you know your body becomes like a prison and it torments you. It's torture. Jesus has come to set the captives free. Jesus heals so, yesterday at Encounter 3, we had three people sick. At least two were completely healed. Another one, 90%. In Jesus' name. And that was everybody present. So, let's amplify it 3,000 people present, sick. Jesus will heal. That's what He does. That's what He does. It's amazing how God works. It's amazing how God works. So Jesus said to me, make my bride beautiful for me. And this is the mission. This is my mission. This is my life call to see the fivefold ministry manifest in the body of Christ to make the body of Christ beautiful and powerful. God wants his bride, you and me, to be powerful and beautiful, manifesting the beauty of Jesus Christ. Okay, so how do we how do we move into that place of knowing God as the Great I Am? So I want to touch on that. Just a few scriptures about shifting into a place of faith. I've not counted. There's close to one thousand two hundred people physically healed, testable, uh, just over three years through the prayers of the members of this church. Let's give Jesus a hand for that. Huh? Come on. Jesus heals. It's always his will to heal. It is always his will to heal. It is now official. Jesus heals. It's official. You can come to me with any rubbish argument about God's not powerful anymore and the spirit doesn't move anymore. and say, you must be kidding me. I can get you a whole bunch of people to come and show that Jesus is powerful and he heals. Praise God. And I believe it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. If we find ourselves as a community filled with faith, we're going to see God move like we have never experienced. I was in Southernwood the one night, uh, two months ago, just coming back from London, and I felt God say to me, there's an outpouring of his presence coming to this church like East London has never seen, and it's going to impact many other churches. So I'm going to be a fool. And just declare it in Jesus name. It's going to be. I'd rather be a fool and trust Jesus for what I believe he's saying than be afraid of what people are thinking and back away. It's time for us to be bold. It's time for the righteous to be as bold as a lion. It's time for us to get over the opinions of man. And just just you just don't know it yet. But you want Jesus. I promise you. Come on. Let's talk again. Come on. You want Jesus, the great I am. There's no one like, no one like him. So Smith Wigglesworth, great quote from the guy. He was a mighty man of faith. And it says, great faith is the product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Great triumphs can only come out of great trials. I think it's so powerful. It's like great faith is the product of great fights. So many of us want to be comfortable. We're always pursuing our comfort zone. I want to be comfortable. I want to be comfortable. I don't want to storm. I don't want a trial. I don't want it. That's the wrong mentality. God is looking for the giant slayer mentality. Bring it on. I'm actually looking for a fight. Where's the fight? Let's fight. Come on. I'm not talking about fighting with people. I'm talking about challenging circumstances, facing circumstances. I'm not accepting this. I'm looking for a fight. You see, in, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, It is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So if you are a believer and you love Jesus, your mission is, I want more faith. I want to please God more. I want more faith. So if you want more faith, how do you get more faith? Well, get a fight. Get a trial. Get a challenge. And I think most of us already have it in our lives. <laughs> you don't even have to go look outside. It's like, it's there. But you need to get the giant slayer mentality. I'm going to take this, boykey down. I'm going to take this down. I'm, 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 I'm so excited because I'm, I'm going to grow in faith. And so the, 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 the lion of Judah wants to break out, but then you and I need real faith. It's like, yes, I've got a challenge. Praise God. So, so, so in this context, storms. How do you handle a storm? A challenge, a trial, a crisis. Because I know God is speaking to me and he's saying to me, get excited. Because <laughs> it's going to come. <laughs> Where I'm sending you, there's going to be storms. You know, if you want to extend the kingdom of God, you're going to face challenges. Now, either you can get disappointed and despondent about the challenge, you can say, hallelujah, this is going to build faith. Who's been in the gym before? I know you're all afraid to raise your hands because you don't go there anymore. Okay. But you're at the gym machine, and I see that every now and again, someone would come, especially the ladies, and they take that little stick thingy, take it out, put it on top. Yes! Now it's fun. The only problem is you're not gonna grow. You're not gonna be strengthened. You're not gonna become fitter. You're not gonna become stronger when you take that little thingy out and you put it on top. <laughs> For those who don't know how it works, now you know. You're supposed to take it down and take it down and take it down and take it down until you like, okay, take it up. <laughs> but a trial is like that. A trial is like if that is your faith levels at, in, in building your faith level, the, the spiritual gym, as a as, as, as the, as the trial gets worse, the, the pressure increases and you can build your faith more. It's your faith, Jim. It's fun. It is fun. So there's two places in the Scriptures in the New Testament where Jesus manifested his power in a storm. So I'm going to share about those two in a moment. But how do you handle a storm? The first way of handling a trial or handling a storm, because I feel there are some of us that have been going through storms and trials. It's like uh, I think Dion was saying to me, in the week, he was so despondent the previous weeks because he's like been sick for sick for like six weeks, and now obviously he's hearing all the stories from Brazil and all the amazing things that's happening, and he's like, "What's wrong with me?" They're telling that hey, brother, "You're flowing with our anointing." I've been on ten missions teams. This last team was the sickest team ever. I mean, Gareth was. On the on the aeroplane he was it was going wild in the toilets. <laughs> he was sick and Rosie had bronchitis and all of us were coughing and going and <laughs> healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So we know Jesus heals and not us. It's amazing. You know, sometimes people think, oh, you're gonna go proud. No, trust me, Jesus will make sure you do not get proud. You will know it's only him. But so there's these things, these these storms. And I said, Dion's been flowing with our anointing, brother. Powerful. But amazing how something like that can either get you despondent feeling you're not up to it. And I promise you, all the books you guys read, all the Christian books of the epic awesome stories of men and women changing the world, they don't tell you all the hell they went through behind the scenes. They tell all the good stories most of the time. (laughs) But the storm is where you become strong. The storm is where you find more strength. So look at this scripture, James 1 verse 2 to 4. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Say joy. Yes. Trials. Ah. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The testing, when you put that thing down on the machine and like, yeah. The testing of your faith produces perseverance, strength, produces greater faith. It takes a great fight, fight to have great faith. In other words... How do you and I normally think about it? It's like, ooh, no, I don't have faith. I'm going to do it. No, 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 no. I must get more faith, then I'm going to do it. No. Go find a fight, and your faith will increase. Position yourself in a place where there's challenges, and your faith will increase. It says, but let patience have its perfect work. In other words, stand. When you're in the storm, Stand. That's the first thing to do when you're in a storm. Stand. Stand and keep standing. Stand and keep standing. You know, when you're on a train and you're going suddenly through a tunnel and it's dark, what should you do? Jump off? No, trust the engineer. we are going to come through. So when you're in a trial, stand. Stand. Do not run away. Say stand. Stand, You know, so some of us, when we look at South Africa and the challenges in our country, what is our response? Oh, I think Australia will be a safe place. Oh, I think, no, 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 Nice in France will be a nice place. So we're standing in Nice in France and we're like, whoo, holiday. And then a crazy psycho killer guy on a truck comes by and kills 80 people. Or you think, no, 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 Germany, Munich, ah, mall, gonna go in the mall. Yeah, lucky. not South Africa, safe place, safe place. Crazy 18-year-old storms out and shoots the place up. But you ran away. You ran away. The safest place in the world is the will of God. You can be in the forefront of a war zone, but you're in the will of God. That's the safest place in the world. Stand. Do not run away. If Jesus tells you to go to Australia, fine, do it. But I don't think Jesus is going to tell you to go to Australia. Just to, be, just to be honest with you, just to be honest, I cannot see why he would send someone to Australia when there's so much fun in South Africa. This is the place to, to extend the kingdom of God. This place is ready for the gospel. We can, send, we can lead thousands to Christ. In Australia... Yeesh, you're going to battle. But anyway, if Jesus says go to Australia, fine. Just do it. Follow him. But stand. There's a place of confidence. And he says we are always confident. Always confident. Why? Because we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, so you're standing in the storm. Now if you want to take a little step further, now you need to get dancing in the storm. You need to get happy in the storm. It says joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So you must get a happy dance. Woohoo. So I was doing this in Brazil, and uh, we found out that my translator is Brazilian, can't really dance. So everyone was like looking at him like, ooh, dude, no, you're making us look bad. (laughs) Okay, but stand up with me quickly. We're going to do a happy dance. Okay. So you are in the storm. First of all, get over yourself. (laughs) Be like a child. Be like a child. Okay, you can do a little Mandela jig. So you're in the storm and you're standing. But now if you want the storm to work to its full potential, you need to get happy. You need to get happy because it's going to build your faith and your faith's going to please God and the kingdom of God's going to come. Okay, so are you ready to do a jig? Okay. One, two, three. Come on, happy dance. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Happy dance. Thank you, Jesus, for the storm. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You now may sit again. Wonderful. You should have seen yourself. Made my day. Absolutely made my day. But I believe that is real faith. You see, the mission is not the breakthrough. That's not the ultimate. The ultimate is I want more faith because I want to please God. Look at your trials and your challenges in a different light. And then sing happy birthday to me, as I've shared with you before. Hallelujah. Okay, count it all joy. I've seen this now over the last few years. Over the last year, there's two people I can think of now, two scenarios of people outside of East London that has done things that gave me some serious storms. It was completely unnecessary, and they were wrong. But there was a test for me. Okay, so what are you going to do? Yeah, you got the storm now. Yeah, you're going to go through this rubbish now. how are you going to treat them? So, so, so part of the test of the storm is to manifest the godliness of Christ. Because it says there in that scripture, that the tasting of your faith produces patience. Patience is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. So you will, that you may manifest the nature of God. That's the win. The win is this massive storm comes. Something happens at work or in your personal life crisis. Things are coming against you and it's not fun and it's not solved even yet. But in the midst of it, you find joy and you manifest the godliness of Jesus Christ. That's a win. But if you go through the storm complaining and bickering, and you're negative and bitter and angry, that's not a win. Okay, so quickly, the two storms in the Bible. that uh, Two storms where Jesus stepped into and manifested his power. The first one, was Jesus sleeping in the storm in Matthew 8, 24. I'm not going to read the scripture. Jesus was sleeping in the boat, huge storm, disciples freaking out. Jesus, saves us, save us. Why are you sleeping? And then Jesus gets up and he rebukes the storm. And he was calm. So for me, this speaks of something. So on the one hand, you are in your storm, you're in your trial, you're in your challenge, you're standing. Praise God, you're standing. Sometimes just standing is massive, it's a win. Even if you're not dancing yet. But as you continue on, you might thinking the circumstances aren't changing. It doesn't, there's nothing, nothing's happening. Nothing's changing in my circumstances. I want to say to you that something is changing on the inside of you. I feel the Lord is saying to me, Don't worry about the storms on the outside. I want to put a fire storm on the inside of your holy spirit storm. Pentecost on the inside of you that will overwhelm the external storm. So when you're in that storm and you challenge with all the, the things that have come against you, if you keep your eyes on Jesus. Something is happening on the inside, although you can't put your finger on it yet. Something's building up. Faith is building up. Courage is building up. Hope is building up. Anointing is building up. That's what God is wanting to do. And so then Jesus gets up from the boat and he commands the storm to be still. And I believe that's the building up that's happening. You've been standing. Heck, you've been dancing. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And now you step out in your authority and there are moments you need to speak to that storm. You need to speak to your circumstances and say no more. This is now over. This is not going to change. This is going to shift. So you need to have discernment and wisdom to know when is that moment. It's not just, no longer just standing. It's now releasing the storm on the inside into your environment, into your circumstances. I mean, if I look at Sonic and me, the, all the fun we've had over the last seven years or so, you know, it's like <laughs> the storms have come, but I'm winning because we get through it without being bitter, and the Lord does something greater on the inside of us. I can feel it. Every time I step out, something comes against us. We overcome it. Something comes against us. We overcome it. But there's something building up on the inside of me. I have more faith than ever. I have more faith than ever. My faith is not in my circumstance. My faith is who I know God is. Amen. And that's the aim. I want more faith. So walk in your authority. But you need to stand and you need to dance so you can move forward. A firestorm. Let's say it. Say firestorm. A firestorm is building up. (laughs) You could say that. Say that. The firestorm is building up. (laughs) On the inside. On the inside. You have to see it. That's the moment. That's the moment where the line of Judah roars through us. You know, when we were in December in Rio, and April last year in Argentina, we had the I had the robbery of my passport. December last year, we had a gun stuck in our faces, armed robbery. And this time around, when we were in Manaus, we had the three services. The Lord, the power of God was working. We had seven and a half hours of services. We got on the bus that evening. We're driving back, and I had this thing, something's wrong. I had the sense that something's going to go wrong. So I got up in the bus and I said, guys, focus. And I took authority over every assault, every onslaught of the enemy. I said, you will not. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every assault of the enemy against us. There will be no armed robbery. There will be no theft. There will be no assault. There will be nothing in Jesus' name. And we continued to pray until I felt the Lord said, it's done. Amen. So there's a place where you need to step into your authority and no longer take it. I'm like, I'm over it. Devil, go jump. The kingdom is coming in Jesus' name. And in the same way, there's a place where you and I, if you're married here, you need to take authority over your marriage. You need to say, devil, out of my house, out of our marriage, in Jesus' name. Hopelessness, go away. I'm not going to receive it. But you first need to stand, then you need to get joy, and then you need to step into your authority, let the Lion of Judah roar. And then the last one is the storm where the guys were, the disciples on the boat, and they were battling against the storm. And then Jesus came walking on the water. The third storm was an opportunity for Peter to walk in the supernatural. He would never have had the opportunity to walk in the supernatural if... There wasn't a storm. So the guys are freaked out. There's this ghost walking on the water. They realize it's Jesus. And Peter, first thing he says, Jesus, command me to come. He was like, yes. This is my opportunity. Jesus said, come. So he got out of the boat and he walked on the water. Only man that I know of who's ever walked on the water except for Jesus. Because he didn't stay in the boat It was like, I want to get out of the boat. And I believe that's the type of faith God wants us to have. You see, the the little cutesy faith stays in the boat. I don't like water. I don't like, well, let's stay in the boat. No, that's the little faith. The line of Judah faith is where's the fight? I want to fight. Where's the storm? I want to, I want to use an opportunity to manifest the glory of God. I want to see that this is the opportunity to see the supernatural power of God manifest in our midst. Your storm is your opportunity for your greatest testimony. But God wants us to say, yes, I want to break out of my comfort. I want to break out of my comfort. That's what God is calling us to. Break out is an opportunity. So why Peter, not the rest? Peter had the attitude, well, if Jesus can do it, then I can do it too. I want to end off with this. Jesus came to reveal to us what would be possible for a man completely surrendered to the power of God, the Spirit of God. Jesus came to reveal to all of us the lifestyle of a son or daughter of God. He said, guys, I'm going to show you how you should be living, not just morally, but on every level completely trusting in God, following the Father. That's what Jesus came to do. But now he's calling you and me to believe. If Jesus can do it, I can do it. Why? Because Jesus lives in me. Amen.